Welcome, my friends, to episode 33 of the Josh Scanlon Podcast. It is Wednesday, May 9th, 2018, and man, oh, man, oh, man, I'm excited to share with you this uh, interview I did uh, with Dr. Jonathan Sullivan, who's an MD, a PhD, who, who is the uh, co-author of the book, The Barbell Prescription, Strength Training for Life After 40. And there's a reason I'm interviewing uh, Dr. Sully, is what he goes by, Sully, and, uh, and unfortunately, my interview did not get recorded. Uh, so I'm going to share with you what we talked about. I just bought his book. I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to interview him again uh, with a verb, not verbatim, with a, uh, a just a structure of what his book was specifically towards exercising, strength training, especially for those what he calls masters. Uh, those are over the age of 50, even though his books for 40. Generally speaking, the older you get the more frail you become, which means you're going to be in for a world of hurt if you don't arrest the frailty by engaging in strength training. So I'm going to get in that here in just a second, but uh, uh, just a wonderful conversation we had. We had just, I tell you, man, uh, I wish I had that recorded. Uh, it's frustrating with technology when you don't know what to do, but that's okay because I'll give you the highlights and then I'll revisit him in about two weeks and we'll have a full-fledged interview about his book. So a couple of things. From a financial planning perspective, what I have found is that many folks, men in particularly, will retire. They don't like their jobs. They're able to squirrel away some money. And then they say, you know, I'm sick of this. I'm, I'm checking out. They might be in their late 50s or early 60s. Um, and what I found is when they check out, they don't check out to anything. They just check out from something. And slowly they start losing their drive and they start to get bitter. I know that sounds bad, but I've seen it. And with bitter comes poor health. Um, it's funny because you'll say, well, what are you going to do when you retire? Oh, I'm going to play golf. And uh, I forgot who showed me this. Uh, someone, uh, someone, so, some financial planning guru said, you know, just draw a blank piece of paper, piece of paper. Uh, have seven columns for each day of the week and then have three uh, rows for you know, morning, afternoon and evening. And so you have 21 empty spaces in there and then fill out each empty space for golf. And you'll see that you'll have, you know, a, few, a couple of spaces in there of golf, but there certainly won't be the vast majority of the 21. Maybe there'll be five, uh, maybe there'll be three. They're probably not going to be more than 10. And, and so what are you going to do the rest of the time? You need a mission. And I, man, I tell you, I've seen it happen where men, again, it's men in particular, and this is not the slight men, I am one, but they lose their, their reason to live and it creates a bitterness and it creates a health issue. And it creates an internal loneliness, frankly, um, that even their spouse can't fulfill and they start getting bitter towards their spouse. And it's sad. The, the point is, is that you need a mission in your life. Uh, men in particular need a mission. A woman's mission seems to be more towards the kids and grandkids. And a man's mission needs to be providing for his family. Patriotic was a patriarchal society, whatever it's called, yeah, whatever. I mean, that's just the way it is. That's the way human beings are are and you can say it's uh, toxic masculinity i frankly don't care it's just the way it is and way forever will be that a man needs to feel he needs to provide for his family a woman is going to take care of the family more than maternal instinct and a man will be more paternal instinct that's just a fact and uh patronizing or not it's just the way we are the way men are built so you can say all day long i wish men weren't like that well that's fine I wish Santa Claus existed, but the fact he doesn't, doesn't make um, him, uh, my wish is going to come true. The facts are men need to be needed. 
They need to be needed. I don't know about women. My presumption is women need to be needed by their families. Men need to be needed by society and their families and their children, or something needs to fill the role of, I need something to be in my life so I can be who I'm truly meant to be, which is a man. And that's just the way it is. And so what happens in my, I've seen is as men retire early, they retire from something as opposed to to something. Um, they lose that sense of I'm needed. Yeah, they, they might enjoy golf for the first couple of years, but what then? And I'm just telling you, this is where they go in the stock market. This is where they take, they domineer their finances because they say, well, my wife's going to take care of the family, the kids and grandkids. I'm going to take care of the finances and they're going to take a dominating role in the finances and they're going to exclude their spouse from helping them manage the finances because that's the area that the men feel needed. Like I am going to manage the finances to protect my wife and protect my family. And I cannot give that up simply because that is where I am needed. And, uh, and that's not good for anybody because essentially what you're doing is you're saying to the surviving spouse, the woman, I did everything as a man. And when I die, um, I forgot to include you because that was my area of responsibility. And now you're not going to know what to do. And now you're going to get taken advantage of by some snake oil. I was just, I've, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I've seen it happen. And so a man needs to feel needed in other areas and uh, whatever that is, you know, through your church, you know, through going to, I don't know, AA. I, I mean, literally there's a million areas a man can feel needed and it's not on the golf course. It's just not. And if a man doesn't feel needed, he's going to find solace in the stock market, the day-to-day -day intricacies. He's going to find solace in, you know, backbiting on Twitter or whatever, uh, Facebook, you know, looking at the stock markets day-to-day, -day, watching CNBC, just, complete waste of time when he has all this value he can bring to society and the table from 30 years, 40 years of work experience that he can bring to society to help others. So what I suggest to anyone think about retiring is yes, go play golf for a couple of years. Now, look, I'm not a golfer. I, I look golf bores me to death. I actually, I have a somewhat of an addictive personality. So I imagine if I did get in a golf, it would be uh, cause I know people get addicted to it. That, that might be me. So I, I just choose to avoid it. Because um, I know I'd suck and I know that I would get so frustrated on the front end that I'd either come addicted to it or I'd get angry. And I just, I don't like either of those. So I don't play. So if you're a golfer, look, don't, I'm not saying don't play golf. I'm just saying at the end of the day, you still have to have a need. Now, what happens? What does this have to do with my topic today? Because financial retirement and financial stability, I think goes a lot with hand in hand with physical and emotional stability as well. And what I found is people who are financially, they feel financially stable and have access to kind of anything they want um, can make bad mistakes when it comes to the other areas of their emotional and physical stability, i.e. they'll spend money um, in order to give themselves a feeling, just a, a quick emotion, a dopamine where they're saying, oh, this feels good. Um, I can go out and eat all the time. I can you know, go whatever. I can gamble, anything like that. And what happens, I found, is that the more and more people rely on their financial resources to provide that sense of fulfillment, um, the less they're going to take care of their own financial ideas or a financial situation, and, but also on their, on their own physical. And what we find that I've seen happen time again is a man will retire too early and retire from something because he does have a nice little pot of money. And then he'll neglect his finances. He'll neglect his physical 
area and his emotional area and all these three things combine. And what happens is, you know, five years down the road, I've seen it. The man gets bitter emotionally. He gets heavy um, physically and his finances. It's just, they, you know, they're just not great because he's focused so much on the day-to-day iterations of the stock market, playing golf and all the, the meaningless stuff, frankly, uh, that he puts on 20 pounds. Um, he's just not doing great. He's eating out a lot. And, uh, and he just is not in a good place emotionally. I've seen it. I've seen it again. And, and that's what we want to avoid. So, all right. So let's just either that is either you or it's not. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, whatever state of life you're in today, you can change it, my friends. And so when I was talking to Sully, again, Dr. Jonathan M. Sullivan, the author of The Barbell Prescription, Strength Training for Life After 40, you know, he was even talking about he's a 91-year-old person in his weight room that he's training now. And the thing about Dr. Sully is that he's saying, look, at the end of the day, your, your, your bones become brittle. Your, your muscle mass is, you lose muscle mass. All these things are needed for calories, for burning calories, uh, fat to, to burn fat. All these things, muscle mass, muscle mass, muscle mass is a huge important thing in your overall health, your, your health condition. And what happens as you get older, you more and more rapidly lose a muscle mass, you more and more rapidly get your bones become more brittle. And we need to arrest that. And the way to do that is not by long distance running. Now, long distance running, i.e. jogging, is better than nothing. But there's a better way. And that's just using barbells, which is just the bar that you see at the gym, the 45-pound bar, and using that as a form of strength training because it will help you with your physical ability uh, to sustain yourself. It's just, it will make you stronger. In fact, one of the things that he said, cause now this is a doctor, you know, an MD. Um, he says, look, there's not much. In fact, he doesn't know anything else where if you took 10 people in a room and you gave them a prescription that all 10 people w- would be better off for it, or at least they'd stay the same. There's no medicine, no prescription, nothing, no diet, nothing out there other than strength training. And what is interesting, he says, look, I can take 100, you know, 10 people, give them a barbell, and all 10 will get stronger with no, no negative effects whatsoever. I mean, there's always going to be an outlier, maybe one in 100, who won't get stronger, who will be worse off. But there's no other thing like that in modern medicine. Nothing that if you take 10 people, line them up, say, I'm going to give you a barbell, and all 10 will be better off for it. There's nothing else like that. Take 10 people, give them jogging lessons. Will 10 people get better? No, no, they won't. You know, some will. I mean, five might absolutely from a, from a pure cardio, but what are they going to do to their, their, their knees? What are they going to do to their ligaments and all that? And, and again, I'm not a doctor, but the facts are the strength training will make all 10 better. All of them will get better from basic strength training because what happens again, as you get older, you become more brittle. You lose your muscle mass and we want to get that back. And the way to do it is strength training is not to go to the circuit machine on those old Nautilus gyms and stuff like that. Again, that's better than nothing, but the vast majority of the vast, vast, vast majority of your exercise from cardio, for instance, from long distance running or long distance walking or biking, even you can get from strength training on top of, on top of increasing your muscle mass as well which is wonderful for your longevity as a human being, especially for those who are looking at retirement. And what Dr. Sullivan says, he's like, basically you're making a 401k deposit into your physical well-being. I thought that's such a great way to look at it. You know, I talk about 
financial deposits, you know, making sure your IRA, your Roth IRA, your 401k, make, you know, playing the, making sure the tax code is working for it and all that. He's called your physical IRA, essentially, your physical 401k. Your every time you go to the gym, you're making a deposit into your physical 401k that will be called on for future use every single time, every time. Every time you go to the gym, it's better than not going to the gym. Every time. Is jogging good? Sure, absolutely. Can you get more from doing uh, physical training with strength training than a jogging? Absolutely. Absolutely. Can you get more from jogging and sitting on the uh, TV watching football? Yes, without question. We'd rather have you jog. But all things being equal, strength training will give you the both. It'll give you the cardio plus it'll give you the muscle mass development and jogging will not increase your muscle mass. It just won't. And so his book, The Barbell Prescription, he's going to talk about that. And he has a chapter and I asked him specifically about how it pertains to women because my wife, you know, high reps, low, um, you know, high reps, low weight. And, uh, and the good doctor, Sully says, I mean, he's, look, again, that's better than nothing. But at the end of the day, it's like women even more need strength training with barbells, even more than men, because women naturally get more brittle. They're just less built for muscle mass. And so as women age, they, you see it. I mean, is there, you don't see that many tall old ladies. And he says they need more and more to be strength, strength training, more so than men. Men do too. But as opposed to Pilates or whatever those things are called, women need strength training to, to at least maybe not even increase the muscle mass, but certainly to arrest it from de de deteriorating, especially after children and all that. And so a lot of women will say, I want to get fit. I want to get defined and whatnot. And they'll go and do these, you know, long jog exercises, these uh, bike rides and all that. He says, look, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that cardio, but it does nothing for your muscle mass. And what the good doctor says, too, is high-intensity training. Because I tell you, I gave an example that I used to do, and I, I, I need to get back doing it. Um, when I was in college, I'd go, uh, I'd run a sprint a lap, walk a half a lap, do 25 push-ups, sprint a lap, walk half a lap, do 25 push-ups. And, man, that was by far and away the most ass-kicking uh, exercise I've ever done. And because you're using every aspect of your body, you're doing high-intensity training, is is just a wonderful and you know you're getting right to the point and you're you know basically you're challenging your body to keep up you're saying look i'm gonna run you i'm gonna walk you i'm gonna do push-ups i'm gonna run you walk you push-ups and you're essentially confusing your body i don't know if that's literally true or not but your body says whoa ha, ha, ha. then ah, take a break ha, ha, ha. take a break and push-ups high intensity training absolutely now the good doctor doesn't say there's you know explicit proof that high intensity is better than low intensity i.e low long distance jogging but the numbers are starting to get you know pretty heavy in that one direction high intensity and it saves time a lot of reasons why a lot of people don't want to work out is because it's time consuming you don't have an hour and a half of the gym to waste you don't you don't have an hour and a half to go for a bike ride or, or a jog a lot of people um so what the good doctor says look just get out there and do some high intensity training and weight training is the best high intensity. And, and I gave an example. Like, so I'm 190 pounds. If I'm squatting 225, for instance, I'm taking 225 pounds on my back, adding my 190, and I'm pushing that up essentially off the ground as, I, as my butt is, what, six inches off the ground, maybe a foot off the ground. That's 415 pounds I'm pushing up. All right, that's not just 225, that's 415 pounds. No wonder why squats are so butt kicking because you're pushing up 415 pounds. Now, if you're just doing like a, a dumbbell uh, bicep curl, 
you got 20 pounds on each side, that's it. That's it. That doesn't do anything. Yeah, that might give you a little bit of def definition. Again, it's better than nothing. But just taking some dumbbells and doing 10 sets of curls, that's literally it. A squat, on the other hand, is taking your whole body weight plus the amount you're putting on your back. And that is going all the way down and all the way up. And Sully says, look, his routine consists of four basic things. Overhead press, bench press, squats, and deadlifts. Squats, getting up and out of a chair, getting up and out of bed. That is a physical activity human beings have been doing for you know generations. I, what is it? Millennial. Millennium? Millennia. Um, overhead press. We've been pushing stuff above our heads since the dawn of mankind. And that's what an overhead press does. It takes a barbell and pushes above you. That's, that's overhead press. Deadlifts. We've been picking stuff off the ground since the dawn of mankind. You're literally, you got a box from Home Depot or UPS. You got to pick up, you push it, and you put it up on the table. That's a deadlift. Uh, and bench press, we've been pushing things, pushing carts, and just pushing stuff away from us uh, since the dawn of mankind as well. And, and so all these four exercises, the squats, the deadlifts, overhead press, and uh, the bench press are all absolutely critical in terms of what your body has been accustomed to doing. And then he threw in a little bit of a, a pull-ups if you need. And I have a little pull-up bar in my, my gym downstairs too, and I like it quite a bit. All those, all four of those exercises are going to wear you out. I'd say of the four, the bench press is probably the easiest to do because you're only working a portion of your body where deadlifts, overhead press, and squats, you're, you're using a lot more of the entirety of your body, uh, which means especially deadlifts and squats. I mean, you're literally using your body's weight and moving it, um, and you're not really doing that bench press. Not so much either on the overhead press. The overhead press, you still use a little bit more of your body's weight from your shoulder to your arms and your chest and everything, whereas uh, the, the bench press, not quite as much. But I'm not the doctor. And if so, the Dr. Sullivan says this is the exercise you should do. Well, hell, he's a doctor. Um, so I asked about how so – let me just read a, the, the, the uh, introduction to his uh, book here because I think you'll find it interesting. The Barbell Prescription, Strength Training for Life After 40. Directly addresses the most pervasive problem faced by aging humans, the loss of physical strength and its associated problems, the loss of muscle mass, bone mineral loss, and osteoporosis, hip fractures, a terminal event for many older people. And I just want to talk about that for a second. You know, you know for a fact people with hip fractures can, a lot of them older people do not recover. That is just a fact. Uh, going back to the doctor's uh, forward here, a loss of balance and coordination. Another, this is me now, Josh, another terminal event for most, for many older people. We know somebody who is uh, uh, going through a um, an assisted living facility because he was getting older. He says, man, I need to go through an assisted living facility just because we're getting older. He slipped and fell in the assisted living facility, bumped his head and died two days later. Loss of balance and coordination. 100%, 100%. We all know people who fell in the shower, hurt themselves, got pneumonia and died. I, I'm just telling you, we all know old people who have fallen and died because of the injuries sustained by the fall. And not just the injuries sustained by the fall, like this guy banging his head on something and, uh, and dying, internal bleeding, but the injuries that sustained by the fall that can lead to pneumonia that they can't recover. We all know that. All right. A loss of balance and coordination, diabetes, heart disease related to sedentary lifestyle, sedentary lifestyle, and the loss of independence. The worst advice an older person ever gets is take it easy. Easy makes you soft and soft makes you dead. 
That's what he says. Easy makes you soft and soft makes you dead. The barbell prescription maps an escape from the usual fate of older adults. A logical programmed approach to the hard work necessary to win at the extreme sport of aging well. Unlike all other books on the subject of exercise for seniors, the barbell prescription challenges the motivated athlete of aging with a no-nonsense training approach to strength and health and demonstrates that everyone can become significantly stronger the most effective, uh, using the most effective tools ever developed for the job. Most effective tools are a barbell with some plates. And the good doctor is saying he can put a half pound on each side if he needs to. That's how you know, just how minute he can get in his prescription for your ability to increase your muscle mass and strength. But a barbell, 45-pound barbell, you got some plates. I'm telling you, all that, that right there is going to cost you all of I mean, 100 bucks. I, you know, I don't know off the top of my head, but it ain't that much. That's for sure. All right, so that's then the four exercises. The bench press, the overhead press, the squat, and the deadlift. And then if you want, you can throw some sit some pull-ups on there. And you're going to be good to go. He has people who are 91 years old going to the gym three days a week. That's it. You're only committing three days a week of your time, maybe an hour time. What uh, the, what Sully will say, and uh, Mark Ripito, um, who is part of the starting strength group of trainers, is that you need a good rest between your sets. All right, so don't just go, I'm doing 20 reps and I'm going to get 30 second set, you know, rest in between. That that's no, that's not going to help with your muscle mass. That's that might help with your uh, your physique, but it's not going to help you with muscle mass. And and frankly, when you get to I'm 47, I I don't care about my muscle mass. I'm not a bodybuilder. I want you know I'd like to get big. Don't get me wrong, but I want to get big because I like the fact that I can arrest my aging, and you can too, even if you're 91 years old. But you got to start today. And like we talked about, I told uh, Sully, I said, you know, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago or today. The exact same time when it comes to strength training. The best time to start strength training is 20 years ago or today. You can't start a strength training program 20 years ago. You can only start today. So start today, my friends. Start today. It's interesting, too, and I didn't know this, but uh, uh, Nassim uh, Taleb did a foreword for the book. I couldn't believe that. I was like, man, you got to be kidding me. Nassim Taleb did a foreword for the book. And I thought that's fantastic because I'm a huge fan of Nassim Taleb. So if he's writing about it, I need to, I, I knew for a fact right there I needed to read it. So let me give you the, uh, the bio about uh, Sully here. Jonathan M. Sullivan, MD, PhD, and something called a, oh, SSC, a strength training, a starting strength coach. That's what that's got to be. Starting strength is the Mark Ripito method of, uh, of, of strength training that you gotta, you absolutely gotta follow and understand. Um, but uh, Jonathan Sullivan, MD, PhD, SSC, is the owner of Graysteel Strength and Conditioning, a coaching practice and starting strength gym devoted to barbell training for masters in Farmington, Farmington Michigan. Dr. Sullivan condu conducts semi-private barbell coaching and programming for adults in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and beyond. He's also associate professor of emergency medicine at Wayne State University and the Detroit Receiving Hospital, a level one trauma center where he has worked in patient care, teaching, and research for over 20 years. Until his retirement from basic research in 2012, he was associate director of the Cerebral Resuscitation Laboratory where he conducted basic research in molecular mechanisms of neuro neuronal salvage and repair in the setting of cardiac arrest, stroke, and trauma. He is the author of several dozen research articles, abstracts, and book chapters in the emergency medicine and neuroscience literature, as well as articles on strength training, which can be found online at Starting Strength. 
He has served on several committees for the Starting Strength Coaches Association and participated in the development of the maintenance of certification process for starting, starting strength coaches. He's a former U.S. Marine, holds the rank of third Dan in Tang Soo Do, and has been known to publish the occasional science fiction short story. He lives in Farmington Hills, Michigan with his wife and, uh, and uh, three ungrateful cats and a wooded lot full of raccoons, skunks, possum, foxes, herons, and ducks. His co-author is Andy Baker, who is the owner of Kingwood Strength and Conditioning, a private barbell training facility in Kingwood, Texas. Uh, since opening KSC in 2007, Andy has provided coaching and personal training to clients ranging from Division I collegiate athletes and competitive powerlifters to average people of all ages and abilities who are interesting, interested in getting stronger. Andy is also a former U.S. Marine, serving multiple tour combat tours in support of Iraqi freedom between 2003 and 2007. Uh, while on active duty, he received his undergrad degree in health and science, health and sports science from the American Military Institute. Um, and he is co-author with Mark Ripito of the best-selling Practical Program for Strength Training 3rd Edition. All right, so what I want to just, just, I know it's kind of getting long-winded here, but I tell you, folks, start today with something. And the first thing you should do is you should go to Sully's uh, YouTube page. And I'll, again, I'll put links to the show notes there, which is youtube.com backslash gray steel g-r-e-y-s-t-e-e-l gray steel go to his page his youtube page you'll see the videos he does he does one about once a month it looks like he has a recent one right now uh, he takes iron for back pain and iron would be a barbell and uh, i tell you the gray steel youtube page absolutely go there he's actually actually a pretty good presenter frankly a lot of people on youtube are uh, you know, maybe myself leave a lot to be desired in terms of uh, presenting skills. Not Sully, just I, just a great guy. I love him. I love it. I'm just so ticked off. I couldn't record the thing. I, I mean, I tell you, technology. It, we're actually kind of chuckled because we talked about that. I mean, who would have thought <laughs> we're talking about this? That uh, we're not living in you know an alien land when you factor. I'm calling a guy on my little black box calls an iPhone. Thought, I thought I was recording it. Uh, I'm in North Georgia. He's in, in Michigan. You know, 20 years ago, that did not happen, my friends. 20 years ago, that did not happen. So as much as we're living sedentary, sedentary lifestyles, I have a hard time pronouncing that word, um, you know, society at large is still a great place to be. The drawback is food is easy to get and it's cheap. And there's a lot on the stupid box called the TV that we can just sit there and watch. So we have a competing dichotomy here. The old method of what human beings need to be doing, which is being active. Absolutely. And being, and you know, Sully is not going to say, don't do walking, don't do long distance running. He'd never say that. It's better than being sitting on your butt, just watching the football game with some Pringles. But at the end of the day, it's harder and harder for the obese society that we become because the more obese you get, the harder it is to break the pattern of obesity. And your body gets addicted to sugary things. And it says, I need the dopamine fix. The dopamine says, I need it, I need it, I need it. The feeling of sensation of getting that first bite of chocolate, smoking that cigarette. Get, and look, I love sugary stuff. I, for, I'm just telling you. It's not that I like it so much as that makes you feel good. And especially makes you feel good after you've been doing it for so long. It's, a, it's an addictive need. And because of that, because the cheapness of crap food, the fact that you don't need to do any, you can sit in front of a computer all day long and be completely successful as a human being without ever even going outside, get everything delivered to you. It's crazy. 
And that's where we're going. But that doesn't mean society at large is bad or, or the current civilization that we're in is bad. It just means we have to fight the impulse to be sedentary. Being sedentary is bad. And what Sully was saying, too, is you imagine you do all this work to save for retirement. Then you get to retirement and you're fat. You're not happy with your body. You're not happy with your emotional state. And you're just you, it's downhill from there. That's not what we're put on this world to do. So we have to save money financially. We have to watch our spending. But on top of that, financial planning and just life planning, it consists of getting stronger and not just going and, you know, just, I mean, walking again is better than nothing. But if you're going to take the time, take the time to get muscle mass, to build strength, to just do it and just go buy a bar at the gym, uh, you know, at your local, don't go to Dick's anymore. I'm still upset with them and their uh, anti-guns thing. Too bad. They got Academy Sports, you know, Sprawl Mart, go to one of those places and just buy a barbell. And if nothing more, start with that. And just start letting the, the the training, the habit, the habitual pattern form where at the end of the day, your body's saying, I need to work out. I need to work out as opposed to saying, I need to get some uh, McDonald's French fries. I need some sugary sweets. I need a soda for heaven's sake. All right. Well, I hope this helps. And again, I'm going to put something on YouTube and I'll have links to, uh, to Sully's stuff. It's just a wonderful human being. Uh, just his book. I just bought it. I'm going to read it uh, front to back and I share it with my kids because don't forget, he talks about strength training, uh, uh, strength training for those masters, you know, basically over 50. Well, uh, like Ripito will say, what do you think those old, uh, you know, corn huskers in Nebraska did? Do you think they weren't you know, throwing bells of hay when they're in their, you know, early teens? Uh, that's strength training too. So don't be hesitant to allow your kids to develop basic strength training skills as well. Because once they get it down, it'll be a, a thing they, they probably won't outlive. Um, and and they'll, they'll have a commitment to exercise. Even if they don't do it on a regular basis, they'll, in their mind's eye, they'll know how to do it and that they should be doing it too. Well, I hope this helps. Don't forget, always, as always, go to heritagewealthplanning.com uh, for my uh, podcast, my videos uh, from YouTube, and uh, certainly my, uh, my blog, um, heritagewealthplanning.com. You can always contact me, Josh at heritagewealthplanning.com. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast as well. And, uh, and we'll see you next time on the Josh Gamlin podcast. Thanks, guys.